Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. And today we're going to be talking about the ancient wisdom of two systems, uh, both Ayurveda and yoga, that both come from ancient Vedic knowledge. Talking about yoga, yoga is a Sanskrit word that is familiar to most people today, but many people think of it in a very narrow fashion, perhaps just as a system of exercise or stretching, but actually it's a very broad and deep system with knowledge that is very helpful today. Um, really talks about turning uh, our attention and awareness inward and merging with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Our topic today is increase your mental clarity with Ayurveda. How do our activities, including what we eat, affect our mental clarity, energy, and peace of mind? As I mentioned, Ayurveda comes from the Vedas. It's one of the oldest systems in the world for maintaining and improving health and helps us understand the relationship between the qualities of the foods we eat and our physical and mental health. Today, we'll be talking about that impact that what we eat and what we do has on our mental balance and how to begin to use foods to manage our mood. And my guest today is a wonderful person to join us, Kate O'Donnell, the author of two books, The Everyday Ayurveda Cookbook and the soon-to-be-released Everyday Ayurveda Cooking for a Calm, Clear Mind. Kate is a nationally certified Ayurvedic practitioner and Ashtanga yoga teacher based in Boston who teaches Ayurveda internationally. Kate is the director of an Ashtanga yoga program in Boston, co-director of the Boston Ayurveda School, and a contributor to many publications. For information about Kate's books, classes, and teaching schedule, visit her website at kateodonnell.com. Dot yoga. That's Kate and then O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L dot yoga. Welcome, Kate O'Donnell. I'm so delighted that you're returning as a guest today on the Yoga Hour. Thanks, Laurel. It's, it's great to be here. So before we begin our dialogue about increasing your mental clarity with Ayurveda, let's begin with a moment of meditation. take this moment just to pause from all our activities 
And as we are able to turn our attention within. And for this, we can use that tool that is always with us, our breath. So let's take a moment now and take a fully conscious breath, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. Each breath we take, each inhale, diving within. And each exhale, relaxing. Not trying to change our breath, but just noticing its natural flow. And as we dive within, we can come in contact with that essence of our being. that divine essence that's present within each of us. It's within us, between us, and all around us. And just by being present, turning our attention within, we can rest in this essence of our being. As a witness, we can notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We can touch that deep peace that is present within each of us. That one reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. We become aware of our essential nature and rest there. And now feeling that peace, we can take it with us throughout the rest of our day and share it with all that we meet. Once again, Kate O'Donnell, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm really delighted that you could be with us to discuss your new book, Everyday Ayurveda Cooking for a Calm, Clear Mind. If listeners are not already familiar with your first book, Everyday Ayurveda Cooking, I highly recommend it. And although the title of your new book makes it sound like a cookbook, you actually address much more presenting a whole lifestyle program to help us increase the calm, clear nature of our mind. So what led you to write your new book at this time? You know, I started I started writing the new book kind of halfway between writing the first book. I was, I was in the middle of writing it, and the Ayurveda is such a huge topic. I was I had to sort of pick and choose what what I could work into that first book and I really wanted to to hit the introductory principles and just help people kind of transition into um, a more clean diet one that would support their health and meanwhile I'm seeing clients in my Ayurvedic practice and so often you know at least two-thirds of the time I would be 
I'd hit a point with someone and realized that the causative factor for the imbalance that was bothering them was coming from the mind mm. and that there really wasn't any more we could do with the physical body without addressing this sort of underlying uh, impetus for balance or imbalance. So I, I thought, oh, you know, I have to go back now and write that book about about Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas, <laughs> you know, just to help people, um, just to get the conversation going more than anything else is right. my hope with this book. Yeah. Right. So your new book, as you just mentioned, really does uh, focus on the Sattvic diet, which is also called the yogic diet, in addition to the Sattvic lifestyle. In Vedic philosophy, everything in the world is made up of a combination of three energies or gunas. Sattva guna, which has qualities of illumination, awakening, and uplifting. Rajas, which has the qualities of movement, activity, and restlessness. And Tamas, which has the qualities of heaviness, darkness, and inertia. Everything in the material world, including the five elements, is made up of combinations of these three aspects or energies, which includes also our minds and our bodies. So as you just mentioned, you know, you were really looking to this book to help begin that conversation with patients whose problems, uh, whose health problems may have uh, originated in the mind. So how does Ayurveda view these aspects of a sattva or illumination, rajas or movement, and tamas or heaviness in regards to our minds its existence in in this world according to the vedic philosophy is you could think of it like a the energy of existence is like a braid and there's these three parts that are braided interwoven braided together and like in the way that you you know you start a new day Every day the sun comes up and there's all this potential for the day. You, you know, you can kind of sit and enjoy that that energy of, uh, of rising and inspiration. You know, and then the day kind of starts going and things get busy and there's all this going on. You know, we're working, we're eating. And uh, that would be like the, the rajas or that more kinetic energy. And, you know, without that, the, the potential energy never really gets going. You know, so I, I like to think of rajas as that that quality that manifests that energy in in each of us and in our world that manifests things, which is so important. And then as the day goes on, you know, you start to get tired, things start to slow down, wind down. The sun is going down, and darkness is coming over the earth, and that's like the energy of tamas, which is a, a slowing down, and a, like a, you could describe it as an inertia as well, but I think it's easier to understand in the beginning in this looking at sort of the energies of a day, you know. Mm. So sattva is that potential that's always present, just like you described in, in our meditation. It, in Ayurveda, it's considered the essential essence of the mind, mm. is sattva. And rajas and tamas, for those who are familiar with my first book, we will have heard of the doshas. The doshas are the, the causative factors in the body that cause imbalance. So the word dosha means uh, that which is at fault. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's something going on in the body, it's you know caused by one of these three biological aspects, vata, pitta, or kapha. And the Ayurvedic texts also describe rajas and tamas, this, this energy of kinetic movement manifestation, and tamas, the sort of slowing, slowing down and stopping of movement, those are described as the doshas of the mind. Mm. So in our in our essential state, we are clear, like that that morning energy, and we're clear, and, and the mind is undisturbed, which I think for a lot of us is a lofty goal. What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even feel like? You know, right, to imagine right. a mind where the thoughts are always coming and going. Again, right. as you described in the meditation, and the rajas and the tamas are always present. They're braided into our existence along with the sattva. So the thing is that they, like the doshas in the body, the rajas and the tamas, they tend to increase their qualities. Mm-hmm. 
as anybody who's very busy knows, once you get that, what we call rajasic energy of yeah. like movement and change, doing, 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 manifesting, moving, changing, it, it just keeps going like that right. unless you, you, at, you wake up and sort of slow down and take stock of where you're at. And it's the same, Thomas has that same tendency if you, you know, if you don't exercise enough or you're not utilized in your work life and everything is sort of uninspired and you start to stagnate, things start to mm-hmm. be slow. And it starts to feel like a depression. Yeah. And I think if you, if we sit back and think about it, it's like, oh yeah, those kind of are the two major ways that the mind gets imbalanced is by mm-hmm. being like too amped up or are too slow with not enough energy, not enough activity. Right. And then our natural state of sattvas is balanced. It's like it is a state of isness, and that's what the word means. It, it means to be. Mm. So it's like just a state of pure being. Exactly. That what I was pointing to in the meditation. That's great. So um, what role then does keeping this calm, clear mind, this mental harmony uh, and this balance play in our overall health? That's such a great question, Laurel. I'm I'm so glad you asked it because, again, it's why I wrote this book, because I just kept coming back to that the, the activity of the mind, in my experience, in my own life and with clients, the activity of the mind is actually the 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 biggest and uh, most affecting us. It's an underlying factor that it's very easy to, for culturally, and I mean, I may be kind of preaching to the choir with our listeners today, but culturally <laughs> I do think a lot of people, uh, they ignore the, the mind and the effects that it has on us. But something like, um, you, know, you have to think about the, the energy of rajas that we're describing and how that looks a lot like nervousness, agitation, mm-hmm. anxiety. You know, so when people have difficulty sleeping or difficulty sort of being alone and being quiet and being still, all the things that pop up when you first start learning to, to do yoga and meditation, that's all rajas. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you're having anxiety, anybody who has anxiety or difficulty sleeping or stress, which who doesn't have stress, but anybody who has any of that in their, in their life, it's coming from the mind and they know these people listening, they know how that affects their health. Mm-hmm. You know, you just yes, are feeling awesome. <laughs> the other the other uh, thing that's really helpful about having that calm, clear mind is then from that place, you're able to notice more about, you know, be aware of the signals that your body is sending you, be aware of how the energy of different activities, like going to the mall, <laughs> talk, talk about Rajas, you know, yeah. go to a mall, go to a mall or, you know, a, a sporting event, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it's it's by having that awareness, that clarity, that mental clarity, that you can begin to notice how these things affect you. And so in that way, it plays a huge part in our health as well. That is so well said. That's very true. And I like to describe Ayurvedic living as an awareness practice. So Ayurveda is pointing to these sort of early signs and symptoms of imbalance, whether it be right. in the body, the mind, both. And in order for the system to work effectively in our lives, we do, we have to notice. Mm -hmm. Step one is noticing. And then step two is making a small change to sort of shift the trajectory that, that the imbalance is moving in. Right. And your mind is that your mind is what notices and changes. So both, Exactly. So both uh, Ayurveda and yoga recognize the impact of all of our activities on our state of mind. And you point out in the book, in your new book, Everyday Ayurveda Cooking for a Calm, Clear Mind, that the process of digestion doesn't only involve our our um, our uh, food in our bodies, but also that we have to mentally digest 
uh, it, it's an, another interesting word use of the word digest that doesn't, you know, when you just say digest, most people just think about your GI tract, but actually, you know, other activities also need to be digested. So what, say a bit more about that. What other types of experience need to be digested? Yeah. I, and you're right. We do tend to think of digestion as just being like things that go in the mouth, but in Vedic philosophy, that underlies yoga as well as Ayurveda, we have a, a lot of talk about the sense organs and, and the information that comes in through our eyes, through what we see, through our ears, through what we hear. So we're, we're tasting, we're touching, we're seeing, we're listening, we're smelling. So all of that sensory information is it's going into the brain and the central nervous system, and it needs to be digested Otherwise, it's just raw information, mm-hmm. like like a raw potato, you know. <laughs> and yeah. it's just yeah, it's just kind of like like sitting there, not not really, you know, not we're not we're not able to digest the raw potato. So all of this information that comes in through the sense organs, it needs to be kind of broken down and what we'd say comprehended. Mm-hmm. It's a good word, you know. So and that's how we get the the big picture of understanding the world around us. It's just mm-hmm. through that raw information that comes in. And that's another thing where sort of, you know, in this day and age, we tend to take in a lot of sensory information. Again, just because we're busy, we're out and about, but also because, you know, there's always music playing everywhere you go. And there's billboards by the highway. You know, you're reading that the cell phones and the computers are big, a big thing for the eyes. It's, I mean, there's more information available to your eyes in a split second on your computer than you could you could digest in your lifetime. <laughs> you know, and I think that changes the way that our mind is relating to the world around us. It really does speed things up to have that kind of information available. So the mind is like smoking and kind of working on overtime to, yeah. to digest, you know. And there's also emotions. Emotions right. need to be digested. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a difficult example, but I, I found myself writing about grief not too mm-hmm. long ago and how, you know, if if you lose something or someone close to you, you, you know it takes a certain amount of time. You know, you don't know how long it's going to be, but it does take a certain amount of time to digest the experience, you know, and, and all the emotions that come with it, whether it's sadness or anger or fear, all these different things. And I'm not sure that we always accept and make space for the amount of time right. that is needed, you know, and the amount of space on a day-to-day basis that is needed just to to be with our emotions. And just, as I say, being with them, we're in being, we're digesting them. Mm-hmm. You're kind of allowing the allowing the, the system, our, our our minds and our bodies and our whole reality to sort of shift gently and uh, accept a new a new world. In the in this case of loss, you know, the new world without that which we loved. Exactly, this culture, particularly in America, but I think in you know in the West in general, um, well worldwide probably at this point is just so much more invested in in uh, doing than in yeah. being and it's that being time where we are just with you know, whatever you know happened that that pause or a little bit of silence if we can build that into our day that really can help with that process of digestion that you've just been you've just been detailing yeah so turning to to food, I love the quote that you have in your book that really explains the relationship between the food we eat and our actions. And you say, the nature of a food, its elemental composition, and the energy surrounding its preparation and consumption will affect the nature of your mind and compel you to act accordingly. That's right. You act what you eat. So can you say more about that? What do you mean by you act what you eat? Yeah. So in Ayurveda, everything that we eat is made of the five elements, the space, air, fire, water, and earth. And all of those elements have different energies, different qualities that they bring into the body. Like for instance, you know, the, the mashed potato is, is heavier 
and denser. Yeah. And any, if you were to do an experiment and overeat mashed potatoes, you'd end up feeling very heavy and dense and slow after, after eating that food. Whereas something like a salad or a green juice really has these light, sort of expansive qualities like space and air elements. So if you, if you have a lot of salad and juice, you know, you start to feel kind of, kind of woo, like you're out there and you're floating around. You need to eat something, well, we'll say grounding, you know, something that contains more earth element. Mm-hmm. So the practices in beginning to recognize the elemental nature of foods. And then if you start to translate how those elements are present, not only in the body, but also in the mind. So in the, in the book, I sort of broke down certain qualities like heavy and light are really easy ones to, to use with the mind. Also cloudy and clear, Mm -hmm. you know, so like if you drink a lot of beer, which is actually a cloudy substance, you know, if you hold beer up to the light, it's like, yeah, I'm a translucent, you know, but there's all, there's this cloudiness going on. You know, you drink a lot of beer, you're going to get cloudy from it. Your head, your mind becomes cloudy. If you drink a lot of water, you'll probably feel more clear eventually, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and things, it's easier to make good decisions. It's easier to see yourself clearly and the people around you more clearly and to meet the tasks that are coming, you know, so you're acting how you're, how you ate, <laughs> you're, <Right. laughs> you're, you're acting cloudy after a bunch of beer or you're actually acting clear after a bunch of water or a bunch of vegetable juice, you know, right. and, and you can act, you can be heavy. And, and then all of your your actions and your activities start to take on the heavy, like, oh, I'm not going to exercise. I'm going to watch TV. Yeah, versus if you're light, you might you might be kind of like crazy and oh, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep you know doing this and doing that. And then there's there's no slowing down. So <laughs> the idea with the Sophic diet is to really eat like a, eat the balance of all the five elements, and that is really in itself all you have to do to to keep the mind in a clear and balanced place. Because if we get too much of any of these qualities, we are going to start to act like those qualities. Sometimes we need some, some of it, some clear or some cloudy other times, not so much, you know? Well, unbelievably, we've already come to our break. You're listening to the yoga hour with special guest Kate O'Donnell author of the book we are discussing today, Everyday Ayurveda Cooking for a Calm, Clear Mind, which actually is not quite out yet, but will be released, I think, in about two weeks, and you can pre-order it. To find out more about Kate's books and teaching schedule, see her website at kateodonnell.yoga. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about how we can manage our moods using the foods we eat and by being thoughtful about the activities we choose. We'll be right back.
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download. Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. What if... You were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant. Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. My guest today is Kate O'Donnell. Ayurveda and Ashtanga yoga practitioner and teacher and author of the book that we're discussing today, Everyday Ayurveda Cooking for a Calm, Clear Mind, which, as I mentioned, is not quite out yet, but will be released in a few weeks and is available for pre-order. In the first segment, we gave a brief overview of sattva, or illumination, rajas, or movement, and tamas, or inertia, But let's dive in deeper now. Although our mental state changes among these three mahagunas or great energies, the natural state of consciousness is sattvic. So, Kate, let's talk a little bit more about that. What are some signs of a sattvic mind? Well, you know, the the word contentment comes, comes up a lot, and that is the main sign of of a sattvic mind is a feeling of contentment and as i was writing i thought you know i'm not do we even know what that means to mm-hmm. be content and you know when you when you get back to the heart of uh, like the bhagavad gita and, and yoga philosophy desire is is sort of the central player in in instigating us to create karma or to act to create actions, which sometimes get us in trouble, you know, and sometimes can be a seed of an imbalance, actions. Something like uh, a craving for brownies, you know, that's the one I get, so I always bring use that example. Like, <laughs> right, you know, me too. <laughs> so the, the way it works, the way the mind works is that, okay, this, this desire pops in, you know, out of nowhere. And you say, say, oh, brownie. Maybe we saw a brownie or we smelled brownies. And you say, oh, brownie. And in a sattvic state, 
you say, oh, brownie, and you, you can think about all the wonderful aspects of brownies, their, their tastes and smells and texture and how much we love brownies. But we're not necessarily, we don't necessarily need to, to make the action and, and have eat the brownie. Uh, and we don't, we're not going to obsess about whether we eat it or whether we don't eat it either. You know, the, the ability to, to make a choice and to make an action is clear and it's simple. So there's, there's not, when, when the mind is sattvic, there's not a lot of strife or back and forth around making decisions and making actions. It's, the mind is clear. Mm-hmm. You say, oh, brownie sounds good. I'm going to check in with my body. Is it a good day to eat a brownie? Is this a good time to have a brownie? And the answer is going to come in, yeah, great time for a brownie. Or no, not really necessary today, you know? And then right. you, you eat it or you don't eat it and you move on. You know, so right. I think if we think about decision making and cravings and desires on a day to day basis, that's where the activity of these gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas in the mind really, really come in. So it's so easy to say, well, signs of the sattvic mind are, you know, peace of mind and contentment. And it's like, well, what is, what is that actually? What is peace of mind? And it comes back to, like you, you spoke about during the meditation at the beginning of the program, thoughts are arising, thoughts are passing through the mind, but we don't need to go for a ride with the thoughts. You know, we stay rooted in our calm center, sort of despite whatever is coming into our field, whether it's something popping up from within or an external factor like, you know, the radio's blaring or the fire alarm is going off. So there's a there's an equanimity in a state of sattva where I like to describe it as, you know, things are happening around us or within us, but we're not going for the ride. <laughs> there you and, go. Yeah. Yeah. So in the book, you uh, list some uh, signs of a sattvic mind. And as you point out, these take some time to develop, but it is helpful to have some idea and use uh, some some kind of benchmarks or a list to watch for these signposts along the way. And so things that you list are an ability to concentrate as well as to calmly shift your attention, self-confidence, sound sleep, healthy cravings, sustained energy, and emotional stability. And I just thought it was a good list, so I thought I'd go ahead and share that. Oh, yeah, please. So what types of foods and activities promote a sattvic mind? Fresh food is is the main thing. Vegetarian food. Um, food that is it, one of the translations from from the... Uh, Sanskrit text is life-giving foods. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to think like foods that are old or stale or heavily processed or denatured, packaged. Those foods are not as life-giving. You know, they're they don't have the prana in them, the life energy. Right. So food, when you get food that has hasn't traveled as far, which in in your neck of the woods is very easy to do, you go to the farmers markets. You know, and they're like. Right brimming all year round and you can you can see the energy of the food you know it's right. vitality whereas if you you know you you see something that's been trucked from another country or refrigerated or frozen and re reconstituted you you look at it you can see that it's not as succulent you know and it's not as bright and mm-hmm. again acting what we eat you know if we eat foods that are are vital Mm-hmm. And succulent, juicy, you know, and bright. Then that's what that's what we get. We get that yeah. vitality, you know. Yeah. So the main the main thing is really to seek out like seasonal, fresh, local food. The other thing is also the energy of preparation around the food. Mm-hmm. So the the energy that is is around us as we're eating or as we're preparing food or if we're eating out to to really consider the environment that the, the of the restaurant or of the food preparation. So, you know, when love goes into the food, again, you, mm-hmm. that's what you get, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm really an advocate of people sort of preparing their own food during which time they're turning their attention towards the vitality of the food. 
it becomes this meditation on on the vitality that we give to our bodies when we eat. Yes. And that will increase sapa more than anything else. Even if you're eating Oreos. You know, if you sit down with the Oreo and you like really invest your attention in the in the how much you love the Oreo <laughs> and then you <laughs> eat it, its life giving qualities have like quadrupled, you know? Yes. Just yeah. from the attention. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's always better to start with something that, like you said, has more has more energy. But I get I get your you know, I get your meaning. So uh, activities, we also mentioned activities. So certainly things like meditation, being in nature, yes. uh, being, being with a loved one, uh, yeah. being with, a, with a baby. I would imagine all of these things really, you know, are, are sattvic activities or have a lot yeah. of sattvic energy in them. Yeah, one of the activities I mentioned in the book is hugging. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> whether, whether it's a person or a puppy or even a stuffed animal, you know. Um, but I think another one that you didn't mention is is actually like creativity. Yes. So creating art, you know, writing poems, um, arts and crafts. You know, even there's been this fad the last few years with coloring books. That yeah. is a sattvic activity, you know, mm-hmm. to, to sit down and, and color. That will that will really balance the mind and, and create a, a feeling of satisfaction. Yeah, just to just to have this blank page and then create mm. you know, something there. So it's inspiring. Yeah. Mm. And the outdoor activities are they're def- it's on top of my list. So being with nature is going to um, bring us closer to our clear illuminated self. Because the the page that we are written on is nature. Yeah, so when we get back inside the nature, then we, we just naturally become our our clear selves. So camping trips, you know, swimming in a lake, or yeah. even just taking a lunch break if you work in an office building, for example, and going outside and walking right. and look, and looking at the trees, noticing right. birds and squirrels and clouds and things like that mm. will absolutely, absolutely increase the sattva in the mind. Yeah. Pretty easy to do. So it's important to remember that while we're striving to increase the time we spend with this calm, clear, sattvic mind, that all three states of mind, that there's nothing really wrong, you know, with any of them. It's a natural cycle. And, you know, perhaps uh, there is something that we need to get done, uh, which causes us to have more of a rajasic mind, you know, to go, go, go and do, do, do. And then after we do that for a while, we need to rest. And there, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with movement or rest. It's only when our minds really get stuck there. And that's what we're talking about in terms of using foods to, to help to balance our mind. So let's turn then to rajasic mind or this movement. So what are some signs of rajas in the mental field? You definitely will notice uh, like a restlessness, either in the body or just in the thoughts or even racing thoughts. Or um, a difficulty falling asleep would be a sign of rajas in the mind. Also, being um, being attached to to like your smartphone or your work, you know, <laughs> or always that feeling where you always need to do something. There's right. there's can be an inability to sit still mm-hmm. or to be quiet. You know, if you there always needs to be some stimulation. That's definitely a sign that, that rudges is at work. Uh, also irritability and anxiousness. Mm. Mm. So what are some foods and activities that promote rajas then? Coffee is a pretty obvious example, right? So anything that's stimulating, any stimulant is, is going to um, increase rajas. So like sweets, like white sugar sweets, not not natural sugars like maple syrup and honey, but white sugar. Again, back to the Oreo and the brownie. That, <laughs> yeah. that will definitely that will make one feel the rajas. Uh, also, foods that are very spicy or very vinegary, um, things like like too much kimchi or pickles, mm-hmm. too much fermented food, too much kombucha can make one rajasic. You know, if you drink like two of those big bottles in a day, um, that 
you'll start to feel that either like an irritability or uh, like a, an unsettled energy in the body. And the alcohol is another example. Um, spirits, beer, wine, all of that definitely definitely increases the rajas. So it's, it's simple enough just to say things that are uh, spicy and sour will increase rajas. So then on kind of the opposite end, what kinds of, of foods and activities calm rajas? So naturally sweet foods actually calm the rajas. They, they give the body energy. Um, they break down quickly. So they don't, they don't just like hang around and create a heaviness. Things that have natural fats in them, will definitely, yeah, anybody who has a, an ungrounded feeling will notice if they eat good fats like um, coconut products or avocado right. or you know, cooking with um, ghee, which is mm-hmm. in a lot of Ayurvedic cooking, the clarified butter, or just having olive oil on your salad versus having a salad with, with dry, you know. The, the fat, like, it's, it kind of um, calms the nerves, it brings this juicy and unctuous and slow quality into the mind. So I mention um, coconut all the time. It's like on top of the list. Also foods that cool the body down because rudge, the energy of rajas, it's like if you think about like a car engine, you know, when you're driving on the highway, you're driving really fast and the engine gets hot. That's what happens to our bodies when our minds are running like that. So foods that cool the body down, um, a lot of like fresh vegetables do that, especially green vegetables. Um, uh, certain vegetables are renowned in Ayurveda for cooling qualities like uh, cucumbers. And I think a lot of people think of cucumbers, you know, when it's mm-hmm. hot. Fennel, fennel root yeah. is another one. I was going to say for cucumbers, there's even a, a, a saying, cool as a cucumber, right? <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So that yeah. cools you down as do like, like uh, sort of sweet and juicy fruits, things like grapes, pomegranates, um, anything that's got a red or a purple color is generally mm-hmm. cooling and cleansing for the body. And we'll kind of, um, grapes are considered the, the king of fruits, according to Ayurveda texts. Hmm. So I do have a recipe in the Rajas section for uh, fresh grape juice mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah. And, and we should mention that in the book, of course, there's whole chapters that are associated with these things that we're talking about. There's a whole chapter about, you know, sattvic foods. There's a whole, you know, chapter about, about, uh, calming rajas. And then yeah. when we get to Thomas in a minute, there's a whole other chapter on, on Thomas. So again, we're just scratching the surface, but, um, if you're interested in more, there's plenty more in uh, Kate's new book. So, when it's time to rest, the mind moves to tamas. So what are some signs of a tamasic mind? Definitely feeling uh, like a brain fog, which we mentioned earlier, cloudy, cloudiness in the mind. Um, Even the heavy feeling like in the head or in the chest, which we would call congestion. Being congested Mm -hmm. is going to lead to, to tamas in the mind. Having a kind of tendency to sleep too much or oversleep, that that will do it. And feeling sad, unmotivated, that is Thomas in the mind. So you know that feeling where it's like you you know like procrastination is a great example of a Thomasic mind where you're just kind of sitting there. You know you got you know you got to do it, but you're just kind of <laughs> sitting there, you know. And there's this inertia, like oh, I just can't get started. You know? Oh, I know that one so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a common. That's a common thing. So that Thomas needs to be like motivated. It needs to be like kicked into gear. So in order to move out of Thomas, we go. We move into Rajas on purpose, you know, mm-hmm. to to manifest and increase the movement and change energy in the mind. Mm-hmm. And then so, we end up at. Samba. I was just going to say. So what? Give us some examples of of some foods. Again, we're back to the sort of fresh, life-giving, vital food. Um, not so much like the heavy comfort food when Thomas is, is in the mind. So that's where um, we would reach more for juices and salads and whole grains and fruits. 
um, in this case, things that actually warm the body up. Because again, mm. we want to increase that rajasic. We got to get the engine running. So I do call on things like pickles. Like there's recipes in here for homemade pickles, things that um, that are going to kind of fire you up. Use you can use things like black pepper and even a little bit of uh, spiciness, chili pepper at times. Um, Yeah, raw honey is another great one. It it sort of cuts cloudy and foggy qualities from the from the head, from the throat, from the chest. That's why we use it when we have colds, and it's a it's a little bit heating. So raw honey is a great sweetener when we're looking to reduce tamas. So if we eat too much uh, sweet taste and it's not digesting well, it will that will bog us down, mm-hmm. sort of begin to create that slow and heavy quality in the mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, since we're talking about improving our moods and increasing our mental clarity by promoting increased sattva, sometimes it's helpful to kickstart our efforts by doing a mental cleanse, which I, I love that you included this in the book. Yeah. So I really enjoyed some of the ideas you had about how we can cleanse our mental field. So can you just review some of those uh, for our listeners? We've got about three more minutes. Just as a- yeah, yeah, that's a great way to end, actually. I, one of the things I recommend for, I, I call it a mind cleanse, is to, to unplug the, the devices, which is incredibly hard for, for most of us, I think. Right. But to, to take an entire day off from the smartphone, from the computer. So, you know, no email, no looking at the computer. And just going outside, doing something, you know, different, not using a TV. I mean, we could just say no screens. Right. No screens for, uh, for a day, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. And if that's too much, uh, you know, the other thing I suggest is just powering down. So when it gets to dinner time, turn the screens off. And so not engaging with the, the email, the texting and things like that at night can, can definitely, it will, you'll get better sleep. So you'll feel rested and clear and calm the next day. It's a big instigator for a lot of uh, mental imbalances. It's too much screen time at night. Mm. So great mind cleanses for a period of time, say you're going to do it for three days or five days or a week, is to power down after dinner. It's like yeah. no no more devices, yeah, no more work. Yeah. Great. One of my favorite ones is actually to schedule a play day. I think one <laughs> of the things we don't do is have unstructured time, you know, yeah. and, and Sattva is this expansive energy, you know, that just wants to, just wants to be free. You know, to enjoy the potential of of our world, you know, and just enjoy the beauty around us. So when I say play, I basically just mean enjoy. Yes. You know, so a mind cleanse could actually be just to spend an entire day doing things that you enjoy. Yeah. You know, well, that, like, that's great. Yeah. So in closing, what? encouragement or last little bit of inspiration would you like to leave with our listeners in the last minute? Well, my favorite thing that I learned about Sattva as I was researching and writing this book was, was that, you know, if desire is at the heart of, of our, our mental field, then even the desire to experience a calm, clear mind, even just wanting that the journey towards Sattva has already begun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's great. There. Yeah. Yeah. All you have mm-hmm. to do is, is want it and it will come. Oh, that's, that's beautiful because it's also really simple and it doesn't sound overwhelming, which sometimes we can be overwhelmed, you know, if there's too many things that we're trying to change at the same time. So just that desire, the desire for more calmness and clarity in your mind, that that is the first step already on the path there. Yeah. Totally. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing sattva, that calm, clear, luminous quality of mind that is a product of what we eat and our other activities, and how we can balance our mental state using foods and choosing what else we ingest. My special guest today has been Kate O'Donnell. 
author of the book we've been discussing, Everyday Ayurveda Cooking for a Calm, Clear Mind. To find out more about Kate's books and teaching schedule, see her website at kateodonnell.yoga. And again, it's Kate and then O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L dot yoga. Thank you so much, Kate O'Donnell, for joining us. Thank you, Laurel. So there's another episode featuring Kate O'Donnell in the Yoga Hour archive at unity.fm slash the Yoga Hour. The episode is from September 15th, 2016, and is entitled Self-Care in Every Season with Ayurveda. Or you can just put Kate O'Donnell in the search box at the top of the page. Join us next week for Embracing the Unknown, when my guest will be Estelle Frankel, author of the book, The Wisdom of Not Knowing, Discovering a Life of Wonder by Embracing Uncertainty. For those listening in March 2018, Yogacharya O'Brien will be teaching a four-week course called Get Centered, Awake, Aware, Abundant Living, beginning next week, March 20th. 2018 from 7 to 9 p.m. The course is available in person in San Jose, California or online at csecenter.org. Check the website for more information and to register. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. For more information about CSE, again, the website is csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And hey, if you're enjoying the program, go ahead and tell a friend about it. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers, Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, and as always, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again while Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. ever said to yourself, I'm living a life I never intended to create? What life did you intend to create? Did you set goals? Did you work toward reaching those goals? If we don't have a specific goal in mind or we don't know where we want to go, we may be likely to end up in places not of our choosing. Establishing goals along with guidelines on how to achieve them helps to keep us focused and energized and often makes our lives more interesting, useful, and successful. It's never too late to take control of your life. Once you have your purpose clearly in mind, explore the various ways you can make it happen and visualize the process you believe can work best. Set goals, do what it takes to accomplish them, and enjoy your process. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. 
To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 